that pass to Plum. Here come the Aces on the run. The Energizer looks for Ty Young. Sprints to the hoop. Off the glass and good. Good, good, good. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Oh, mercy. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show, show. And here we go. Get ready for the fourth quarter of game number four. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Hammy's going to let one fly. Chance three. Chance three. The three from half court. Are you kidding me? T.C. Martin. There were six seconds to go, and De-Energizer hit a wild, crazy, improbable three to give the Aces the lead. The doctor is now in. In, in, in. Glad to have you with us here on this Wednesday, middle of the work week, hump day. Feeling good, feeling fine. Oh, yeah. Today. We're going to take you out to Henderson. We'll take you out to the Raiders facility as the joint practices. Joint practice number two going on between the Raiders and the Patriots. Actually, just concluding now, you will hear from Derek Carr. Give you some sound from Derek Carr. And we uh, touched a little bit about that yesterday and heard from Bill Belichick talking about the facility, the Taj Mahal of all football palaces. Of the Raiders facility, and of course, Allegiant Stadium. So we'll talk some Raiders football this segment. Bottom of the hour, we're going to be joined by the Nerd Herd. The Nerd Herd. You like that? That would be three members of the number one seed, Las Vegas Aces. Teresa Plaisance, Kia Stokes, and Sidney Colson will be joining us. And uh, I can tell you right now, this thing will be going in all kinds of directions. But no surprise. With all of our guests, usually. That's usually where it goes. But yeah, we'll talk some basketball. We'll talk about the Aces and have some fun. Uh, Three fantastic women. Three fantastic basketball players. And they're kind of like... I like to call them the the trio. We kind of call them the nerd herd because they're all nerds. But they are funny. They are a trip. And, uh, you know, instead of just doing one, two, let's do all three. So that's what we're going to do today. So you get to hear from the trio of Aces players that uh, pretty much uh, have fun all the time. And I used to call them the bench mob, but Kia Stokes isn't part of the bench mob anymore. She's the starting center on the team. With uh, Dierka Hamby's injury, uh, Kia Stokes has got some meaningful minutes, and she has come up big. Her and Asia Wilson combined for 25 rebounds in their last regular season game, and then uh, they're phenomenal in game number one. So, yeah, I think you'll enjoy that, uh, hearing from all three of them. All superior, not only basketball players, but just superior athletes as well, too. Nemchik, you wanted to say something? You changed your mind? I just I was going to ask you how much prep did you do for that interview? Because <laughs> I'm sure it was nothing. You, is that what you think? Yeah, because I'm sure it's, you're, you're planning on this just going... Well, here, as there. you know, I, I plan my interviews. Yeah, I, I spend a lot of time yeah. in prepping, as, yes. as you say. I do. And a lot of times you're right. You know, we the, the prep can go right out the window. Certain directions. Anytime you, with TJ. Yeah. Out the window. Well, with, you know, you saw that with Cartwright yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, again, we spend more time talking about Black Panthers and movie seating and popcorn, than, which was fine. And then I said, okay, now do you want to talk basketball? Let's talk about Kevin Durant. Do you have any interest in that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what it was. Fine. 
Move on. Back to movies. Yeah. Back to music. Whatever it takes. You got to love that. Yeah, so that'll be fun. But answer your question, of course. Plenty of prep done. You're right. I probably shouldn't have asked you to turn on the microphone because that was, that was pretty silly. It's, it's a good question because it's normal for you. For, uh, for something like this, you normally don't really, because like, you, you know everything aces already. So I have a direction is what you're kind of saying. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. How much hoops talker is there going to be? Uh, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, we we, we got to give the people some hoops talk. But, then, uh, you know, when I have these kind of guests on, I, I tend to go more towards get let our listeners get a chance to know them behind yeah. the scenes. So, yeah, we're not going to talk about stats and matchups with the Seattle Storm. No, that's, yeah, that's kind of a little saved a little bit more for pregame shows and that sort of thing. But I will say this, like, when I have Asia on, I'll have Asia Wilson on before game number one. So when I have her on, it'll be more about um, the season, her career, her being the face of the franchise, where in other times we would just be like, okay, let's, where's your favorite place to go? Oh, it's Target. Okay, let's have some Target stories or yeah. your favorite restaurant, that kind of stuff. And then we'll talk a little bit about her relationship with, say, Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird because they're teammates on the U.S. Olympic team as well, too. So, yeah, so different times. In that situation, you know. But, uh, yeah. So tomorrow, we'll have Becky Hammond on, right? So tomorrow, we'll probably go that direction, too. It'll be all over the place. Yeah. You know, but it'll be some some hardcore, you know, Seattle game prep. But it'll be some nonsense because that's what we do here. Love nonsense. Yeah. Love it. That's it. So expect a a little bit of nonsense. We'll have some fun today, uh, you know, with them. And again, see, it's another thing, too, when you have multiple people on the phone, that can be a little bit more chaotic. When you have two or three guests in studio, you can better play off each other. You know what I mean? Because you, you can you have the eye contact and that sort of thing. So I'm not a big fan of doing multiple guests in one interview on the phone. But we're going to have to do that today just because of some health and safety protocols uh, with the ACEs today. So, uh, But we're having them on, and we'll do, we'll do a phoner. It'll be fun. All right, there you go. Also, uh, Arash Makarzi is going to join us today. Arash... Uh, is down in L.A., but he spends a lot of time here in Vegas. We've had him on before. And uh, the terrible Tuesday story from yesterday, the Chargers-Cowboys game at SoFi Stadium, the first preseason game there in the stadium. And what happened, and we talked about yesterday on Terrible Tuesday, the scoreboard did not work. Arash was there. So I want to get his take on how he felt about doing that and arash has done a fantastic job he was formerly with espn he was a writer for espn the magazine and in espn's and uh, also sports illustrated he does radio there on the mightier 1090 in la the big powerful 50,000 watt superstation there and also uh has his own column as well too on um uh, a couple different uh, platforms. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so he joins today. He has his morning column on uh, Substack, which I'm sure familiar that uh, I'm familiar with. I'm sure Numchuck is familiar with. 
You're familiar with all of those websites, all the podcasts, everything. So Arash Murkazi will join us today, talk all things L.A. and also Las Vegas. All right, let's uh, start talking about a little Raiders uh, training camp, day two of the joint practices with the Patriots. And this is a great situation for the Raiders. And we kind of alluded to this a little bit yesterday. This is a situation where you get quality work, you get friendly competition, and you get discipline. And you don't always get that with these joint practices with teams. Now, there's two schools of thoughts with these joint practices. You know, one is, it's like, okay, we're bringing another team in. It's, we finally get a, a chance to go crack on somebody else's head, you know, pop some pads with another team. You know, they really don't know what we're doing. So let's go ahead and do that. Okay, that's the kind of the mindset. So instead of, you know, your number one defense working against your number two defense or vice versa, you now you get a chance to do it against another opponent. And so the guys get up for that. That's pretty cool. However, the downside of that is that you get a lot of trash talking. You get a lot of the younger players that like to take this opportunity to feel like, okay, they're now going to get their, their chance to shine. And a lot of times, it's not only trash talking, but it's fights. We talked about this, how it went wrong with the Panthers you know, last week, right? With Christian McCaffrey, right? Wasn't it the, was the Panthers and, and the Patriots, wasn't it? And that got a little volatile. So... This is the second go-round for Bill Belichick and the Patriots with the joint practice. So they had to kind of shut that down. The Raiders went through this last year, if you remember, and they had to shut it down when they went through that with the Rams last year. Things got a little bit physical. and So you get guys that want to try to make a name for themselves. You get a lot of the younger players who are trying to make the team, and they think by talking trash and being physical – and you know, hitting after the whistle. Okay, that that that's cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna show everybody. Well, all that does is just upsets people and gets you an opportunity to get cut. So this situation is good for the Raiders because it's against the Patriots. And let's face it, they play nice, nice because it's Bill Belichick. You got Josh McDaniels over here now. They're tied at the hip. They say nothing but positive things about each other and to each other. Then you've got Dave Ziegler, who's now the general manager of the Raiders, coming from New England. you got Jared Stidham, who was the backup quarterback there in New England. So you got a lot of former Patriots that are now Raiders. You've got that. And so the Patriots come here, make the 3,000-mile trip to the West Coast. It's like, wow, this is really cool. You heard Belichick yesterday. We played that audio about the Taj Mahal um, you know, facilities and everything. So everything is friendly. You know, I'm sure Belichick and McDaniels are going out to eat afterwards, and they're getting these two practice sessions, one yesterday, one today, to get a chance to just go against another team. But anything that gets out of hand, whistle's blown, they'll shut it down, and you don't want to do that. Because these things can be very productive when you're going against another team as long as they're under control. They bring referees in, and again, it's not full game situation, but you know, 
you're doing two minute drills against each other. You're doing short yardage. You're doing goal lines. You know, you're doing all that stuff. All right, kickoff, punt return, special teams, all of that stuff. So it's friendly with these two teams, and more friendly because it's the Raiders and the Patriots. But it's discipline as well too. So yeah. So yesterday, no problem. Today, from so far, we've heard okay, no problem. But again, you got to be a little bit careful. Less. So then there's the other school thought that you know, hey, these joint practices, you know, I don't get much out of them. That you know, much rather do a preseason game. So with the preseason game. You can't get away with the nonsense. Can't get away with the fighting. They're officiated. It's a everything is done like a regular season game, and guys are out there trying to win jobs. But as we've seen with many teams, they don't want to risk their stars in these type of situations. They'll risk their stars in joint practices, uh, feeling that okay, they have a little bit more control over this. In a preseason game, you just never know because it's game like conditions. So those are the two schools of thought. You know, preseason games versus joint practices, which one is better? Derek Carr talked about the joint practices. Let's hear from the Raiders quarterback. Really the first time that we've heard from Carr, because we haven't seen him on the field, but getting a chance really to talk to the media after we've now had, you know, three weeks worth of training camp. The Raiders have three games under their belt. Derek Carr talking about the joint practices with the Patriots. Yeah, joint joint practices. Um, people show they, they show more stuff. You know, it's not as vanilla. Um, you know, for everyone to see. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I think that's something I've always loved about it. Um, and, and when you when you practice against you know two coaches that know each other too. I mean, the guys are keeping each other safe. All that kind of stuff. So you're getting full speed to impact. You know, and so you, you know who won the rep and who you know all that kind of stuff. But I just I just love the the different looks you get. It's a different defense. It's a different. Uh, you know, philosophy, all those, all those kind of things. Situations come up, and um, you know, I think that you can get a, a lot accomplished rather than just you know, 14 or 15, you know, snaps in a preseason game. All right, there you go. And again, more structure here. A lot of the players and the coaches like this. That's why they went to this a few years back of these joint practices, and we're seeing more and more of them. The only downside of that, like we talked about, is the demeanor. What can happen with these two teams, especially if you got some former disgruntled teammates or you got guys that really don't know each other and they're going to try to get away with something. Because, again, this is the first time for a lot of these teams that they're really putting on the pads and they're really going at it. So instead of going at it with their own teammates, hey, let's go at it with a different team here. And again, there's no game planning for any of this stuff. Here's Derek Carr talking about the demeanor between these two teams, the Raiders and the Patriots. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was super competitive, but um, there was emphasis, like, we're, we're just not going to fight. We're not going to put up with that kind of stuff, you know. And 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 usually that's the case. Usually that's what, you know, like, we're not fighting. And then, sure enough, I'm standing on the outside of a 100-man brawl, you know. And, uh um, especially like last year. I remember standing next to the GM of the Rams and we're sitting there talking and all of a sudden I was like, okay, it's time. <laughs> I think we're done here. Um, and that wasn't the case today. And hopefully it's not the case tomorrow because there's just so much good work that we can get in uh, from a football perspective when we have these days. All right, Derek Carr enjoying it. Uh, you know, Derek Carr has had his uh, opportunity too to connect with Devonte Adams, and a lot of people were very, very impressed with that scene. Uh, Devonte and Derek really kind of for the first time going up uh, against somebody else. And of course, they've connected well in practice. Of course, we know the story. They played together at Fresno State, and a lot of people can hardly wait to see these guys on the field together. Well, for a lot of media members, is the first 
you know, the time you've seen him on the field against an opponent because you're not seeing that in the exhibition season. You're not seeing it, of course, during the preseason. Here's Derek Carr talking about the offense, where it is at this point in time right now in training camp and specifically against the Patriots during these joint practices. Yeah, I think um, I think if I'm honest, we still have um, room to improve. Um, you know, I think that there's some things that we did really well today, and there's some things that when we turn the film on, we're gonna be like, oh wow, you know, stuff that doesn't even catch your eye. Some stuff that wait, hey, we had a good play, so everyone's excited, but you're like, oh man, this is close to not not being so good, right? And so um, I think that one thing I believe in that Josh keeps talking about is just not getting caught up in where we're at, just just get caught up in where we're going, you know, and always constantly just trying to be better and and that's just what he keeps preaching so that's what we keep preaching because he's our leader you know and I think that you know again we're at a place where we can you know play competitive football and all that kind of stuff so um, it's exciting and it's fun to be able to have all those reps with the guys today Um, but again I still think that there's always room in certain areas to definitely improve. All right, Derek Carr evaluating the offense at this point in time, you know, right now. We know it's a very crowded running back room, uh, wide receivers getting on the field, but still we have not seen uh, Darren Waller as of yet. So uh, we'll take a little bit closer look into that. But back to Devontae Adams. It's Carr, it's Adams. Uh, They connected on some big plays uh, against the Patriots, a couple long touchdowns as well, and you know that this is feeling very, very good for both of these guys, these former Fresno State Bulldogs. So here's Carr talking about connecting with Devontae Adams in some meaningful joint practices. Yeah, I mean, I think... um... I think it's something that you guys have been watching and, and seeing through through camp. Um, you know, uh, on the field is is what matters. You know, we can talk about it all we want, but if we can't do it against our defense or against whoever comes into town, then it's a problem, right? And so far, it's been it's been good. It's been it's been fun. Uh, him and I will, will both tell you that there's still things that that I'm used to doing that he's used to doing, and we're we're finding that place in between to okay, this let's do it this way, let's do that. Then we're still working, and um, you know, nothing's promised, but we've been able to hit some big plays um, here and there and um, you know and we've missed on a few where we're like oh man we could do it like this and then we make the correction and that's what this time is for and you hope that there's more positive plays than there are correctable plays and and so far it's been it's been a lot of fun uh, just trying to get our reps in right uh, against different corners that may play a different technique or may play uh, you know play differently because of their body type or you know how they play you know and just getting those different reps right um, against different guys different coverages different looks um, and, and it was, it's we were obviously looking forward to it you know this is obviously as you can see how training camp has progressed in the preseason this was an important week for us and so um, getting these reps is is crucial for us so to be able to connect on some things is good but the ones um, you know the one or two I think we missed one the one that we missed on the left we're going to look at it and be hard on ourselves you know be like how can we make that one you know to you know that's what I learned from coach Gruden was awesome you completed you know 26 out of 29 but what happened on these three you know and that just keeping that mindset to just always strive to be better Uh, that's what I've always done and um, I'm even just trying to do that even more you know with everybody this year all right, definitely do it with uh, Devontae Adams and uh, Derek Carr having a good time here early on here in training camp. All right, as we know, Josh McDaniels, new offense for Derek Carr. Again, we're not seeing him in any of the preseason games. Not exactly sure how much he is going to play, if he is going to play in the final preseason game here against the Patriots. Remember, we got the joint practices here the last two days, and then the game Friday night at Allegiant Stadium. Here's Carr talking about his overall relationship with Josh McDaniels. 
our relationship has been great. Um, you know, we, you know, when he, when they were, I mean, last week when they were in Miami and I'm at home, he's texted me the night before the game. You know, we're sitting there talking about a preseason game that's being played, you know, and we're, you know, the thought process and just really growing that relationship, being on the same page a couple times today where he was saying something in the headset to me or to Stiddy. I would walk over to him. i say, hey, when you say that, what do you mean, you know? And I was like, okay, because, because, Sometimes the same words coming from one person aren't, doesn't mean the same thing coming from somebody else, right? And so uh, I've had some coaches that say the same thing, but it means something different. And so I would just go over and make sure. And so we're just growing. We're, we're working on that. Um, and I'm just asking questions, learning as much as I can. He's, he's really smart. You guys all know that. Um, he's very, very smart. And that, that's, that's always been my favorite part of the football game was, was the mental side, you know, um, you know being able to know basically what to do before it even happens and all that kind of stuff and just trying to do that and he thinks that way too and so it's been I said say like we think on the same kind of wavelength especially offensive minded um, you know so we th- see things similar and I'm learning I'm learning a lot from him he's very detail oriented um, I've said it before to our guys not just with me but like with the whole team offense defense special teams he knows every detail of every scheme and that's really impressive. All right, uh, Derek Carr talking about the relationship with Josh McDaniels and how that continues to grow, and they seem to be on the same page. Very important, you know, for a quarterback to have a head coach who also is an offensive coordinator. He had that with John Gruden. We know what the respect level was there and what the relationship was like between Gruden and Carr. This is definitely different. Uh, McDaniel, not as experienced as Gruden, different type of personality altogether. Again, he's having to learn a different system here, but. So far, so good. But I think, you know, myself and a lot of people, very, very curious to see what this is going to look like uh, once they get on the field for real here uh, on opening day um, for the Raiders. Okay. Can only just put so much stock into the practices and, you know, again, the seven on seven drills and even these joint practices. What's this going to look like? When are you going to get under, you know, game situations, firing real bullets when opening day hits? We'll see that here in two weeks. All right, here's Derek Carr talking about the leader, being the leader of this team, the leader of this group, especially with the young players. You, you always want to make sure you're doing your job right, um, you know, before you go and start correcting people all the time and, and getting, getting to a certain place, um, you know, and, 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 you know, with the coaches and with the team and to where I do feel comfortable. And, and you guys know me, the way I do it, when I see something, I'm going to go sit next to their locker I'm going to say, I, I need you to do it like this. It's, I mean, guys know I've had the conversations with them. I was like, that, this way that you're doing this isn't good enough. you got to do it like this. And I said, I, I'm the first one to make mistakes, but, you know, the mistakes are the same thing every day. You know, and I, and I kind of do it in a personal sense. And and uh, that's just how I've been, and I've been doing that, you know, since camp started. You know, because once OTAs, you kind of get a feel for the philosophy, you get a feel for the scheme. So now it's time to lead. Now it's time to, you know, at first it was lead by example. Put the work in, put the time in. Still doing that, but now being vocal, having those hard conversations um, that aren't always fun, but I'm definitely having them with guys and just keep pushing because I, I'm just at a place in my life where, you know, I, we've been close, you know, on some good, talented teams, but that's just not enough. It's the details that cost us at the end of the Bengals game. It's the details that cost us at the end of certain games. And, um, you know, going forward, I'm just trying my best to keep pushing our guys, myself included, to make sure that we are so locked in and honed in on that. And if we screw it up, okay, do it again after practice. Okay, you screw it up, it's okay. Watch it again in the film until you really get it. You know what I mean? And so just pushing guys to do that um, really during training camps when it started, especially after. After learning the new offense. You know, Derek Carr is a 
hard guy to root against. You want to root for him. And whether you're a Raiders fan or you're not a Raiders fan, again, he's <laughs> taken a lot of flack over the years for you know, not winning playoff games and getting to the playoffs. Yeah, but here's a guy that just continues to plug away, and he's had a lot thrown at him. And uh, now under a new system, but probably this is going to be his best opportunity to win this year and to be that leader and to be a mentor to some of these young players and to realize you know he doesn't sugarcoat anything. I mean, he's just he's a great guy to cover. There's no question about that. Uh, one of the stories, obviously, that came up within the last week, and we touched upon it the other day with T.J. Reeves down in Tampa Bay, is that you know um, Dana White had broke the story with Ron Gronkowski during the UFC event in Salt Lake City that, of course, you know, was on air, went viral when Dana White was saying, oh, no, Tom Brady, he was, he was all set to, to come there. So was Gronk, and then Gronk told the story as well, too. Well, you knew that there was going to be media that wanted to talk to Derek Carr about this. And bring this up. And it did get brought brought up yesterday where he was asked about the Brady and Gronk story going back to 2020. Uh, here's Derek Carr's response. I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, you know, for me, like, I didn't even hear about it. Uh, we actually had within the building someone lost a family member. So, like, I was so immersed in that and just talking to that person and that kind of stuff that uh, it really was – it was a moment to really put things in perspective. Like, it really doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Um, at the end of the day, anything I say will just be blasted out there. So I'm just going to completely remove myself and just keep trying to play football. It's been nice just answering football questions. Uh, you know, and hopefully hopefully, no more drama in the city. That's what, that's what I hope. Yeah, no more drama. No more craziness. No more players driving out of control and killing people and, and getting arrested in nightclubs or wielding weapons. Yeah, that'd be nice, right? Just think, a year ago, there was a lot of uh, optimism at this point in time, one year ago. And then it unfolded a couple weeks you know, into the season. Total craziness. So that's what he's talking about there. And again, the Brady Gronk story, it's a non-story. It's from 2020. And okay, Tom Brady was shopping for houses. And how much do you want to put into that stock of, of, of believing you know, what Dana White said? I'm, it could be true. Totally fine, okay, great, but it's it's a non-story right now, and that's the last thing that Carr needs to be concerned with, or anybody else be concerned with. And of course, Tom Brady. We talked to T.J. Reeves in Tampa the other day. Tom Brady, he didn't take a media session this week. Why? Because he was gone for eleven days. Probably didn't want to be grilled about that story, and he didn't want to be grilled about well, why are you missing time? Why did you you depart? Were you vacationing? Where were you at? Or is it on the down low, and you're you know filming something with Fox for The Mass Singer? All that stuff. So, yeah, these guys just want to talk about playing football. Speaking of playing football, here's Derek Carr finally talking about playing in the preseason games. We have not seen him yet. Is he going to play Friday night against the Patriots? Or is your first glimpse of Derek Carr in Allegiant Stadium going to be once the regular season starts? He hasn't said anything to me. He hasn't said anything to me about any of them leading up to this. You know, we just prepare as if we're going in. And then last second is... All right, you're not playing, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And so that's just how it's been. Uh, so we just keep our mind ready and ready to go at all times. Part two is um, I've, had, I've had seasons where I didn't play in the preseason. I've had seasons where I've had a drive. I've had seasons where I played in the fourth preseason game for a whole half, you know. Um, to me, it's, it doesn't matter. I, I feel like if I, if I work at practice the way that I'm supposed to, I'll be ready for week one. And so um, 
you know, I, I, I don't know if I, when I haven't played in the preseason what we, week one looked like, and all, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I've never felt like I wasn't ready, if that helps. Um, you know, I always feel ready to play. Um, and, and because I treat it, I've treated practice like that. My dad taught me to do that as a little kid. And he said, just treat this like the game. And so my whole life I've always treated it like a game so that when the game comes, you're just, you're just ready. All right, there is Derek Carr uh, talking about the joint practices, talking about the preseason games, and everything else there. So good stuff there from Derek Carr. Uh, the Raiders had to get down to the roster limit of 80. Uh, that goes in progression. We'll have another roster cut down here after this uh, final preseason game, and then we'll get down to the 53-man roster. But right now the Raiders released uh, Kenyon Drake, Chris Jones, and Chris Lacey. Chris Jones, cornerback. Um, and then Chris Lacey, the wide receiver. Kenyon Drake, a little bit maybe of a surprise. You know, all three of these guys were big-time college players. I mean, Drake at Alabama, Jones at, at Nebraska, and then uh, Chris Lacey, wide receiver out of Oklahoma State. But, you know, Kenyon Drake, uh, he really thought he was going to be part of this team until he got injured last year with the, the broken foot. Well, he was waived, but you have a very, very crowded running back room here. You got Josh Jacobs. You got Zamir White. Uh, the rookie from Georgia, Amir Abdullah, who has spent many, many years in the league already with the Detroit Lions and other teams. Then you've got uh, a couple newcomers, a couple rookies as well. Chase Garbers, he's a pretty darn good running back out of Cal. He got a lot of snaps, a lot of carries in the game last week. And then you got Britton Brown, another guy from the Pac-12 from UCLA. He got some carries as well too. So a lot of talent. Uh, in that running back room, and they felt that Kenyon Drake uh, was expendable, just coming off the injury, and probably you know with his contract as well too. So you're going to go with Josh Jacobs. He's going to play out the final year of his contract, and Zamir White. Those are going to be the two main guys. And then are you going to keep the veteran Abdullah, or are you going to go with one of the youngsters for contract reasons? So that's uh, where the Raiders are at right now. But yeah, they'll have to get down to the 53-man roster here um, pretty soon. You know, Kenyon Drake. Um, you know, he's a guy that I got a chance to know a little bit, uh, you know, while he was here. And, um, you know, he's at home right now, just vibing at the crib, as he is saying. So just waiting on the next uh, 24 hours to see if um, anyone else is going to, con- you know, contact him and um, see what happens here. But uh, we'll see what happens with Kenyon Drake. All right. When we come back, we talk a little Las Vegas Aces basketball. We're getting ready for the playoffs. Game one is coming up on Sunday at the house at 1 o'clock. The number one seed Aces against the number four seeded Seattle Storm. We are going to visit with <laughs> the bench mob, as I like to to say, with the Las Vegas Aces. We've had a, a week to get ready, to relax, and we'll have a little fun uh, coming up next with Sydney Colson and Teresa Plaisance right here next as we talk Aces basketball. Hi, this is Becky Hammond, head coach of the Las Vegas Aces, and you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. Oh, yeah, a little playoff time. We love the playoff time, don't we? Especially when you sweep in the first round. You discard that opponent in two games. And then now you got a week off and get ready for the Seattle Storm coming to town on Sunday. Get those tickets at access.com, AXS.com. Pack the house. We want 10,000 plus at the house again for Sunday's game number one. Game number two coming your way also on uh, the following Wednesday. And then the Aces hit the road to Seattle. 
best three out of five with the playoffs here. All right, so always fun talking to our favorite aces, and we got two of them on the phone with us today. Not one, not two. Thought we may even have a trio today. Uh, the nerd herd, as they're known, Sydney Colson, Teresa Plaisance, both in the house via the phone here today. This could be total chaos, ladies. So I don't know how this is going to go, but what is happening, TP and Sid? How are we doing today? We're good, TP. What's up, what's Sid? Up? What do you got, Sid? Nothing, man. You got hey, no- glad to be here virtually. Okay, yeah, virtually. Exactly. Or- all right, so we we know this has all the makings of going sideways here, of you guys like <laughs> talking over each other, this and that. But there's no rules here today. Okay, I may direct a question or two at you, but just feel free because I know you guys are both boisterous, and you know, uh, you guys got no problem interrupting each other. So you could, yeah, you know, feel free today. You know, no problem with that. All right. Say less. <laughs> Okay, man. So let me ask you, um, the nerd herd, okay? Is this a, a real thing? Who came up with that? I think that one day we, Sid and I were hanging out like we always do, like a bunch of nerds, <laughs> and we just decided that we saw a trivia uh, game night at our apartments, and we thought, hey, what a good idea to test our general knowledge, blah, blah, blah. Kia showed yeah. up late to the team. Uh, she comes back from overseas, and Kia was also very excited about this trivia night, and that was yeah. the birth of the Nerd Herd. We got matching jerseys, we got sweatbands, we got everything yeah, that we Kia needed to lose that night. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, we won. We won one. We lost the other Oh, one. we did one. Right, right, right. So, so it's like, you guys got a game in the series is what you're talking about, but you didn't advance on. Is that what you're telling me here? Yeah, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> but we gave it our all, though, so that that also counts. <laughs> okay, so let's set the sto- stage here. So you're telling me, so this was like an actual contest that you guys heard about, and not only did, did yeah. you go participate, but you dressed the part. Is that right? Yeah. So we we have trivia night like at our apartment complex. We can't say where because then people will try to come find us and <laughs> I got um, you. Uh, harass us, obviously. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we signed yeah. up for it. Like, it's every two weeks. So, like, you just put your name in, say how many players you're going to have. It can be teams of up to four. Uh-huh. So the first time we went, Chelsea came and supported us only because her wife was not in town. We did not see her another week after that. <laughs> and subsequently, we have not won since that time. So, I don't know. Maybe she was good luck. Maybe she was... Bad luck for never showing up again. We can't say. All right. We honestly will take any kind of fan. If you're just bored one day and you want to show up, we'll take it. (laughs) If you hate trivia but you like a good joke, just show up. If you just can't stand any of us but want to make fun of us, we're down for that too. Now, see, I'm all about the trivia, and I used to get in yeah. these. I used to get in these contests, especially if they were. They had to be like three of my favorite categories. They either had to be sports, it had to be music, or like or TV or or movies, and I dominate. Yeah. But they start anything outside of that. I'm in, I'm a horse in trouble. And that's what we were expecting. We were expecting that, yes. but sometimes the categories were like, I'm not messing with this. Like, what? Who even knows about this? Right. Like what was it? What was it? The first day we went, it was like Memorial Day, it was Memorial Day history. So 
So going into this, Sid and I kind of planned it like Sid's good at movies. I'm good at like random knowledge. We have like we have our categories that were uh, of our expertise. And then they hit us with a blind side like, oh, it's category themes per like round. And we were like, okay, well, who knows anything about Memorial Day? None of us did. (laughs) So. <laughs> wait, wait a minute! You're all American now, you know, right? You, you don't know your Memorial right, Day history. But it wasn't yeah. like the basics. It wasn't like, oh, name the three colors on the flag. It was just like, <laughs> hey, who was the first person to ever think of Memorial Day and why? Oh uh, yeah, see, that's it. I, I would, I and, would have a problem. And where and and what city were they in when they made it up? Yeah, see, I'd, I'd have a problem. So, I would call the host out on that one. I would throw the host out. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's not good. So who's Savannah. the who's the nerdiest one between you three? Hmm. Oh wow! I think really? we bring nerd in different ways. Wow! We play game, all three board games every single night. The three of us. <laughs> yeah. Wait, have you guys got no other life? This is it. I mean, do no. we, what's yeah, what's the deal? Yo, thing we don't. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> Yeah, what a this, is, this is our 30s. This is what the 30s look like for us, and we are living it up. Yeah, our teammates think we're losers. No, so. don't, don't say that. Don't say that. That, 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 that. that can't be true. Because you guys are, no, you guys are all diversified. I mean, you got, you know, you got, you got mad skills yeah, outside of this. Yeah, okay. That's one way to say it, and then they call it losers. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm but, trying to backtrack. For you. I'm trying to backtrack now since I've uh, Sid, or, <laughs> Sid already called me out. Said, yeah, "Thanks a lot, called me a jerk." Okay. Right. A lot of these. <laughs> a lot of these guys do love to step in and be a part with us every now and then mm-hmm. for game board nights. So we do have an occasional out of the nerd herd nerd step in too. Okay. Yeah, so, usually Chelsea. It's usually Chelsea. Oh, I can see that. I can see that. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. All right. Sydney Colson, Teresa Playsons join us. Las Vegas Aces uh, getting ready for the playoffs here. Now, you guys are talking about being nerds in this and that. And I know both of you guys pretty well. You guys are both pretty – you're not quiet. You guys are both, you know, you, you can kind of show out a little bit. Now, Sid, so many people have come up to me and saying – Man, have you seen Sydney Colson on the on the video board? Her hype video and everything. And it's like, I, well, you know, I've I got my headset on. I'm doing the game. So, but I did catch it one time, and I'm going like, wow, they weren't lying. So, Sid, you and you set the tone for those that have not been to the Michelob Ultra Arena at the Mandalay Bay. But you are getting everybody hyped up, and you are downright yelling. I mean, you're like screaming as loud as can be, and you blow people away. In uh, in the arena there. So tell me how this all came yeah. about. It's so hilarious because TP was in there. You know, like it was from our media day yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. they have the green screen and you have to do a bunch of stuff in front of it. They're like, "Hey, we're gonna go through like four or five things. Get in the crowd hype, play a game, say these things, do like the slow clap into faster clapping." And so I was like, "I'm." Just, they were like, "So when you say like get louder or whatever, like it's, it needs to go up each time." So, I mean, I just started low, and then I worked my way up to screaming, and I was so over the top, too, because TP was in there, so I was like... It was golden. Did you it was go golden from the jump. or did you go before? I went, I went before? first, and then you really brought it. Oh, yeah. So, then they were then like, like, good job, Sid. You got that in one take. 
Yeah, I I remember. <laughs> like, right, I think we're good. I remember the media day, and I think because I was doing my show out there, and the green screen was up, but you guys were just doing like a lot of the poses and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good thing that wasn't during my show because we would have had a problem there. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mission in life is to just be over the top in everything I do. So. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Now, now Teresa and I have talked about this before about her athletic ability outside. Of basketball. Now, Sid, are you aware that the cannon that she has and that she could throw a football yeah. and and how dangerous she could be? I mean, she could probably back up Derek Carr with the Raiders if she needed to. No, I know. I've seen her, her and Kelsey like did a um, like they had like a competition throwing the shirts after the game, seeing yeah. who could like throw it further. And if you've seen the if, no, 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 if you've seen the video that that Kelsey did that time, I think it would, it may have been. Back in San Antonio, I can't remember. Maybe it was Vegas, but mm-hmm. she threw it like to the top, top. Right. And um, but yeah, TP has an arm on her. She's thrown some, you know, like full court passes in practice and stuff, like one handed. She's actually. Yeah, grade, I don't like to compliment her too much. Quarterback. Here, so. <laughs> so I mean, she's the person that okay with like less than a second to go. I mean, she has to take the ball out of bounds, length of the court, yeah, and yeah, fire yeah. that that rifle, that bullet, or the alley oop, or something like that. It's got to be her, right? Yeah, no, I would agree. If we're talking about accuracy on the team, like and making that pass, I would say either like the point guard, either me or Chelsea or TP. To be uh, honest. Okay. All right. Now, so I, I'm familiar with you know her prowesses outside of the basketball court. What about you, Sid? I think we talked about this before too. But what what kind of athlete were you growing up? Um, a non athlete and anything else. See the nerd. <laughs> so we're back to the nerd again. What's up? <laughs> Not even nerd, just uninspired to do anything else. Like uh, once we realized, I was like. Good at me and my sister were good at basketball. Then we didn't even play anything else. I did like cross country in middle school because we had to, but I hated running without like a ball or a purpose. I'm like, I'm not just about to be running. Like this is crazy. So I didn't play anything else. I didn't do volleyball, soccer, like nothing. Wow. I just love basketball. In TP, you kind of played the gamut, didn't you? I did everything. Yeah, I was the exact opposite. I was just like, ah, basketball. Why not venture out? Sorry. I also didn't like running how, without a How do you guys like, even get along? That's what I want to know. How do you guys even get along? We don't. We don't. We don't. We, don't. we, don't. we actually hate each other with a passion. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was just reserved for, for Dierick and, and Asia. You know. <laughs> Them too. <laughs> There's enough hate to go around. <laughs> don't worry about it. And, yeah. people, and people talk about the great team chemistry here. If they really knew what happened in these apartment complexes, right? If they, exactly. <laughs> they only know. No, it's, it's all good. Hey, here's what I want to ask you, both of you guys. All right, so name me something. We're going to start with you two. All right, so so Teresa, what irritates you the most about Sydney? Oh well, what do I hate the most about Sydney? Yeah, yeah. What irritates you? What's, what's that? Yeah, um, you said hate. I didn't say hate. I said what right. ir- irritates you. Oh, what doesn't just merely her presence. Her smile, her joke, her laugh, her constant talking. Just really, just anything that has to do with who she is as a person. Can't You're missing it. the main one, TP. What's that? Lil Poot. Lil Poot. You're missing oh, the main Poot? one. Probably. No, that's like, like the thing that I love about you. I love when you're Lil Poot. Lil Poot. Oh, you and she's also What's extremely the gassy. Yeah. Yeah. 
What, what, what was that? When you, it's funny when it doesn't like affect you. Um, if it's just you know audio, we're good. But when it like leaks into other stuff, then you're just kind of you just don't really like Sydney anymore. <laughs> oh my goodness, great! That that is not, so okay. So we actually talking about flatulation here. Is that what we're talking about here? Exactly. There it is. Okay, there it is. Numchuck. There, there it is. And Numchuck's just trying to find some sound effects here to to, to go with uh, this. And uh, I don't know if we I don't know if we want to actually go there. Hey, there it is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, now entering the game, Sydney Colson. Nice. <laughs> that sounded like me. That's accurate. This is very accurate. You will not get this anywhere else except here. That's it. Oh, that's nice. This is great. Like this is great for radio. Yeah, of course it is. Can you imagine? And you guys are supposed to be in studio. Today. You guys are supposed to be in studio today. Can you imagine? That's what I'm saying. If it was in studio, it'd been total chaos today. That would have been hilarious to like hear that unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your turn, Sydney. Uh, what irritates you the most about Teresa Playsons? Um, she's like just like too tall, and it's annoying sometimes. Like. I just want to be like walking and like talking and like turn to look at somebody I level and she's like up there, just looking goofy and dumb. It's like <laughs> turn your hat around the right way, stop wearing your hat backwards. <laughs> like what? So Pull you short <laughs> up. <laughs> so so you guys are like the State Farm commercial, like in the the grocery store, right? You and TP going right. Like oh, I can't reach that. Oh, TP, I got that. You know, no problem, right? <laughs> Do, yeah. Doing your best, John Quill Jones. Is that right? We don't want to bring up another teammate, another team, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> All right. There it is. All right. So I always talk about this, you know, with Asia and others. Who's the best dancer between you two? Between who? Between you two. Who's the best dancer? Who do you think? Wait. Obviously, it's me. Obviously, it's you? You, you got some moves? He has yeah. to be a joke. Really? No. Nah. Nah, nah, Sydney's just old, and she just her knees don't work the same way that they used to. And therefore, like, just leave it to the young bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Sid. You got to you got to respond to this now. Come on. The nerve, the audacity. I don't even need to answer. TC, for you to even ask who's the better dancer is a joke. I know. I know who it is. I know it, it's you. It's you. I mean, if we if yeah. we if we if we busted out some old school right now now, and are either one of you are, are can you can you get down with the old school or what? Because you know, this is all yeah, about absolutely. the old. This school. This show is all about the old school. You know. Old school, new school. It doesn't matter. Either way. All right. Yeah. Can, can you do something with this, there Sid? <laughs> you can't see it right now, but I'm actually dancing a lot better than Sydney. Like, as oh, now, if we did a little yeah, name, yeah. if we did a little name that tune with you guys, who, yeah. you know, yeah, Return of the Mac, Return of the Mac, ring it out there, Sydney Colson's up one, one nothing already. There it is. Look at that. <laughs> TP got shut out there. All right. <laughs> no, no, I don't think this is not either one of their genres here. Yeah, Let's I don't see. think. Now, if you guys saw Bullet Train, this is at the end of the movie, a Bullet Train. It's a classic. Yeah. It's more of your rock and roll variety. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You guys don't go out. You don't, you don't go to the movies. <laughs> Who's in Bullet Train? Oh, damn, I don't know this one. Brad, Brad, Brad Pitt was in Bullet Train. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't see Bullet Train? It's a movie. No, is it's that not, bad? Yeah, okay, it's, a, it, it, yeah it's, it's okay. It's anyway. It's a classic? Uh, it's a classic, yeah. So, Dang. all right. 
Um, wow. I'm a watch. I'm a movie person. I'm a big movie person. I'm a watch. All right. So Kia's not with us today. So what, what are you going to say to crack on her? She can't defend herself. Honestly, like, it's so, <laughs> it's hard for us to really, like, make fun of Kia because she doesn't care about a lot. So <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> you try to, yeah. like, talk about her and say stuff, and her answer is typically like, okay. And she shrugs. She'll blankly like, stare at you in your face and just say simply, okay. <laughs> That's all. So You know, and it's like the worst because you want people to have a reaction, and she just won't give you one. Mm. Yeah. So it's fair to say that okay, the chattiest would be between between you two. But let's well, say it's Kia. It's Kia. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, right. doesn't shut up. All right. So now let's let's incorporate the whole team here. Okay. All right. So if we okay. go into the irritation level, give me something that that irritates you guys from somebody else that, that they they do. What what would that be? You can call out anybody. Okay. Um. Irritates us about. What do you think? TP, Sid, jump in. Oh, Dierka like thinks that she's the funniest one on the team. And <laughs> yeah, that is irritating. <laughs> will constantly try to get us to agree. Oh, really? Okay. And it's like confusing. Irritating when people anything, recycle your own Yeah. What about... Uh, when, like, what, go ahead. Go ahead. About for the first time, and we're continuously bringing it up now in playoffs. That's irritating. Oh, wow. Wait, really? say that again, TP? You know when like we come up with something funny and then everybody like uses it multiple times later because it's funny? But it's not funny yeah. anymore because it wasn't the first time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, who has like a pregame ritual that uh, maybe is kind of like either cool or irritating? Um, Anybody individually there? Pregame ritual. No. Nah. See, I struck I out on know. that one. I don't know. We listen to music a bunch. Yeah? Yeah, like as a whole team, Chelsea plays the music before the game. If she doesn't, then TP does. And so who's yeah, a, we just jam sometimes. We'll dance in there. Who's a better DJ? I mean, like, I like old school stuff, so I like Chelsea stuff. But, like, they both play good new school stuff. Okay. Good new stuff. All right. All right. All right, so... Real quick here, before we let you go, we'll talk uh, a, a little bit of basketball. Sid, this is your second go-round here. You were here in 2019. You got a chance to come yeah. back. It's great having you here. How has it been for you second time around here? Good, man. The energy is great around the team, around the organization. Uh, like the same feeling from back there, from from back in 2019. Like you could look at the, the team and you felt like, you know, this team can, can definitely take it all the way. Um, and so... I feel like we're locked in. Um, you know, we're about to go into the to semifinals, and I think, you know, we uh, have a good game plan, and and we're ready to to make sure that we do everything in our power to get to the finals and then get a ring. But we're just, you know, taking it one one game, one day at a time. Right now, we still got four days until <laughs> until we play again, which is wild. But um, yeah, I think everybody's excited and. Um, the support around the team has been even greater, it feels like, than in 2019, which is crazy because it was great back then. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think we have a lot of people rooting for us, and we're, you know, we're ready to go. TP, you've been around. Both of you guys have played with other teams. And, you know, TP, you were with Connecticut. You were with Washington. What is so special about this group here? I think this group is extremely special just because of our, our ceiling. 
we're just extremely talented and we know how to play basketball the right way. And it's just really scary when you have, you know, the talent level that we have playing at such a high level. Um, I think it's just a, a really exciting group to watch. You have five Olympians, four or five Olympians on the floor at any given time. And it's just really, it's a really cool, you know, place to be. And then the atmosphere on and off the court is just always good vibes. So it's a really great feeling to be a part of. And when you're around a special team, you can just feel it in the air. And there's definitely that it feeling going around. No doubt about it. All right, Sydney Colson, Teresa Plaisance, uh, two of the Las Vegas Aces that uh, have a lot of fun. There's no doubt about it. And before we let you go, guys, we talked a little bit about music and genres. Uh, I want to know when you guys are going out for food, if you guys are going out together. You guys debate about that? What's your favorite food, and, and who usually wins out on, on, on picking the food joints? Hmm. When we're on... So like we're we, on the road. We agree pretty often. Yeah, yeah I think we agree right. pretty often. Favorite food, Sid? Like when it, when What's your favorite you, food? When it, I don't. Uh, I mean, I like. Um, I don't really. I don't really like to eat out a lot. To be honest, like I prefer to. I prefer to cook, but like okay. we'll get. I feel like we get Mediterranean a good yeah. amount. Like we'll get. Um, yeah, Thai food. Uh, if it's Kia around, we're probably walking to get like. Subs like sandwiches and stuff. <laughs> okay. For game. That's usually what she likes. Um, but yeah, we all, we like agree pretty quickly. I feel like. TP, what's your go-to food? Um, I like a, I love Mediterranean food. I feel like I could choose that more wow. times than hot or sushi. Look at that. We don't, we don't get that very often. That's interesting. All right. Yeah. The Mediterranean <laughs> food. All right. I appreciate you guys spending some time uh, today, and uh, we'll of see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see you back at the house. We're looking forward to, of course, on Sunday for game one. But uh, always a pleasure talking to you guys individually or as a group and uh, it, it's, it's great covering you guys and I always appreciate you. Thank you, you. CC. You, you got to bring the whole herd back when we win. Yes, let's do it. Alright, let's make sure the whole herd, and we're doing in studio next time, alright? Is that a promise? Alright, man. There you go. Alright, yep. We'll have some fun with that. And we'll have some food delivered. How's that? Bank on that. I guarantee yep. you. Mediterranean. There it is. Alright. Take care, ladies. We'll check you later. All right, you too. Thanks. Appreciate you. See there you is Sydney Colson, Teresa Plaisance, the nerd herd part of the Las Vegas Aces. How about Sid? She jumped on Return of the Mac just like that. Well, how about a little double Dutch bus? Let's go with that. All right. Coming up next hour, Arash Mikazi is going to join us. We talk all things L.A. and Vegas. Aces and more right here on this Wild Wednesday. Live. The entertainment capital of the world. What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! It's the TC Martin Show. Les Georges, mais cette fois-ci, il n'y en a pas pour Marco Reus. Très fort devant le but. Prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Largo, Pifio. Messi la tiene, Messi, Messi, Messi. Ahí está Iniesta. Gol! 
doctor is now in. Are you like me now? 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 All right, hour number two. Oh, yes. Arash McCarthy is going to join us this hour. Formerly from ESPN, Sports Illustrated. He's on the mightier 790 there in L.A. Fabulous writer. So he'll join us hanging out there in L.A. But it, actually, he's in Vegas today. So that would be good to catch up with him. We talk all things L.A., like the Chargers and the Rams. He was at that game Saturday night between the Chargers and the Cowboys where the scoreboard didn't work. The $5 billion stadium scoreboard at SoFi Stadium didn't work. Talk to him about that. Talk to him about Rams, Chargers, Raiders, all kinds of good stuff as well. That's coming up a little bit later on this hour. All right. Don't you dare forget Monday through Friday right here, 2 to 4 p.m. Uh, next couple Fridays, we still are be doing a couple best ofs. Um, been off on Fridays and for this uh, month. So as we get ready to get back to it on location once we start that with football season. So best of on Fridays. And uh, there you have it. You got to like that. So Numchuck has a lot of work to do. I do. There's so much good work, so much good content. I I don't know what to put on. So when you're putting together the best ofs, I mean... What, what do you do? I mean, is it like, uh, you know, you got all the stuff and you start eliminating? Uh, what do you do, man? I basically go by, like, time sensitive. Uh, okay. You know, like, yeah. let's, you know, this, the, the interview we just did. Okay. Great best of for, okay. for this week. Right. Nothing time sensitive. Right. Nothing, you know, yeah. in or out that's bad. Boom. We're good. And we, we take that pretty seriously, too, about when we do the best ofs, you don't like to... To talk about stuff that happened like a long time, unless you know it's like an interview with a person and you're referencing something in the past or whatever. But yeah, there's nothing worse than talking about previewing a fight that happened, you know, two months ago, and then you're hearing it you, today. You're, you're hearing like, it today. Yeah, I don't what? do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we don't we don't do that. But no, we get a lot of a lot of good positive feedback, a lot of compliments about the uh, the best ofs we have here. So yeah, appreciate it. We usually do it on holidays, but uh, we've been doing having some fun doing it on the Fridays and good stuff too. And uh, I know what you're saying. You're giving me that look right now, and I know, and I get it from Alan Snell. I get it from a, a lot of our our regular media guys, and friends. they they want another music show. I'm down. I know. Dude, I know. Let's I do know. this. It, it's, it's like. Because now yeah. we can add every, and, and I'm going to say this, every world champion ace. Yeah, right. Because right. it'll be, you know, we can do it after this, after everything. We can have all these play. Dude, we have so Have I, you ever looked at your guest list? Uh, yeah, I've got an idea. It's insane. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank you. I know. And so when we did the music show last year, it was like, okay, it's, it was all about playing our favorite songs. Mine, Frank's, and and do some stories with it. And then I said, well, wait a minute. We always incorporate music with our guests. So let's get their favorite songs. Let's do that. And, man, so when I started with that, that was a lot of work, Numchuck. To put that show together was a lot of work because not only did, okay, I want to invite the guests. I want them to pick a song, but then we got to locate that song, and then we got to fit it in, and then we got to you know do the timing with that, and then like let, with let different- them know they have like 
37 seconds yes. to talk. Because remember, that was all live. That was all. That was What insane. we did was live. That was not recorded. So we were doing that, and we lined up all of our guests and said, okay, you're going to have to appear at 3.07. Yeah. Okay? You're appearing at 3.14. And to line up with these guests who all have just crazy busy schedules, that was a lot of work. And then to get their favorite song, because I wanted it to mean something to them. Yeah. And then... Let's spend some time with him, get a little story behind it. So that was cool. So then when I started diving into it, and then I said, well, if I'm going to invite this guy or this girl, then we've got to invite this person. This, And so I think we ended up with close to it was 15 or 20 of our favorite guests. Yeah. And it was great. It was fantastic. And so that's something that we like to play and go with a go-to on that. But yes, I know a lot of people have said, when are you going to do another one? It's like, oh yeah, that's it. You know, got nothing better to do. That's, but no, for our listeners, yeah, we'll do that. And actually, if you remember, it debuted at the end of August. So I can tell you oh, the exact date. Oh my God. I'm going to say, can I guess? I think it's like August 26th. It was August 27th, ah! 2021. It was. So it, So what's the date today? It's the twenty fourth. We're three days away. We're three days away, man. Now I'm almost feeling in that like annual type of mode. You know what I'm saying? Do that we do that we? anniversary type of mode. That's uh, a lot of work for three days. <laughs> oh, what a shame! Saturday is three days, right? Darn it! Can't do it on Saturday. Oh, what a shame! Maybe Dougie Duop could step in and, and do it. How's that? Is he on Saturdays? Yeah, he's coming back this Saturday. No, yeah, uh, this Saturday. Wow. So and then now we, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. We a were minute. talking yesterday. Yes, about a best of show of just terrible Tuesdays. Yes, and that would be a great show to do too. D- yeah, see what our listeners think about that. That that is good. And as we're talking about this, so of course the the, the tweets are coming in. Uh, Fernando, shout out to you, Fernando. And what does Fernando say? He says, and zero songs from your loyal listeners. That's Fernando, best. call in and give me a song. I'll <laughs> play it right now. That's messed up, TC, is what he said. Now, and I'm going to call you out, Fernando, because you're incorrect on that. You're incorrect. Because we did have our loyal listeners chime in. Didn't Armando? Armando chimed Armando in called, with yeah. the song. Yeah. So there you go, Fernando. You're wrong about that, buddy. In the face, as Eddie Murphy said. Right? In the face. I love that clip. In the face. Uh, what, 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 what are you cheering for? It's uh, the basketball game. That was great. Coming to America. The real coming to America. Yes. The first coming to America. The only should have been coming to America. Sequels. You know, I, I'm probably not as anti-movie sequels as a lot of guys, but it's, it's never as good. Sequels and remakes. Not do yeah, it. They, they yeah, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. But then again, as the seven footer brought up and asked me if I saw Top Gun, that was Han. That's a prequel. That's like a, a whole different story, wasn't it? Prequel, wasn't it? Wasn't no, it? Wasn't no, it was, it was after. What do you think it's so, Star Wars? Sorry, no, yeah. Um, yeah. no that, was that was thirty years, years later. later. Yeah, but it so, wasn't like that. Was really you know what that was? That was a part two. Yeah, it was a part two. That, that yeah. And maybe we should. I always wanted Quentin Tarantino to do Pulp Fiction Part Two, but he valued said, "No, I can't do it. I don't redo movies and this sort of thing." Even though he is the king of bringing characters back in different movies, 
and referencing characters from his previous movies, which is genius and outstanding and why I love Quentin Tarantino movies. I mean, you'll get references of maybe three or four different movies and it'll be non-core. Uh, you had to do it. I had to. Yes. <laughs> you heard me talking about this. I love these, Chuck. Heard me talking about this because one of my favorite Quentin Tarantino movies, Grindhouse, Death Proof. This is the closing sequence of Death Proof. One of my favorites. And again, unless you're this nerdy mo- uh, music buff like I am, he even stumps me. Like April March. She did this song. And the, your average person has not heard of this song. But man, there's so many that he goes to the well with in his movies. Fantastic. Yes. Chick Habit. Chick Habit by April March. I think I think Chick Habit has now made the show is going to be in part of our rotation. For it has, it has. Thank you very much. Yeah. How did I get on this? How did I? I, I you were talking like, movie prequels. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tarantino yeah. movie. Yeah, exactly. And, and and there was several of those referenced in this movie in Death Proof. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little anti. De- uh, Grindhouse, though. I love Grindhouse. And for those that are not familiar with Grindhouse, Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, they're like two peas in a pod. Uh, they hang out. They're like brothers. Hang out. Both, you know, have done a, a lot of, you know, gruesome type of films. And they decided to partner with the Grindhouse theme. And Grindhouse basically is, their theme was like, drive-in movie theaters in Texas where, you know, they would play these double and triple features and all that kind of stuff. So they kind of wanted to recreate that, you know, going back to the 70s. So when they shot this, they shot it on film. I don't know the exact film uh, type, but and then Quentin did this later in Hateful Eight as well, too. But you're supposed to be pretending that you're going to the drive-in theater and you're seeing a double feature. So Robert Rodriguez did the first movie of the double feature called Planet Terror. And that was about a minute, or rather an hour and 40. And there's supposed to be two hour and 40-minute movies together, even though I think Quentin went a little bit longer with uh, Death Proof. So you had Planet Terror first, and then you actually had an intermission. And they actually, and it doesn't play well like this now, when they show it back on HBO and Showtime, whatever. But in the theater, it was great because they're showing the old commercials, the popcorn promos that you had in the 70s. Genius! And again, if you were like 40-plus, you got this because you remember seeing these things in the movies. Now, Planet Terror was one of these, you know, zombies and all that stuff. That's not me. Robert Rodriguez did a great job of doing that. But, you know, and then came the intermission, and then came Quentin's turn, his movie, which was Death Proof with Kurt Russell. Just phenomenal cast. Zoe Bell finally got a chance to do some acting. You know, she's a great stunt woman. And, uh, of course, Zoe was so good in that 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 led to her being in Hateful Eight and other Quentin Tarantino movies uh, um, as well. But anyway, yeah, I love Grindhouse, but I really liked Death proof. So when I see Grindhouse on, I'll go do something else for an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> but but now they've released them both. 
like individually. There it is. This is it. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. I'm speechless here. Let's they were playing this. The okay, I get we get the point. That's that's enough. Yes. To get because ourselves a treat. You know what happens now? This thing is gonna be stuck in my brain forever. That's what's gonna be happening. Jeez. That's exactly what's gonna be happening. I don't know. All right. Sorry, we've gone off the rails here. Who knows what? All right, you want to chime in? Fine. 702-221-7283. I asked him, guess who's on the phone? Don't say Fernando. <laughs> Fernando, where have you been? Where have you? You have not called in a long time. Instead, you just want to, you know, just rant and rave at me. What's going on, brother? I mean, hide behind the tweets. Is that what you said last time? Yeah, hide behind the tweets. <laughs> exactly. Good. I'm doing good, buddy. Um. How's your Astros doing right now? Uh, my Astros are doing good, as, as you can tell. Uh, <laughs> you know, Framber Valdez is going tonight, so go get on them, my friend. Go wager on the Astros. You should have wagered on them last night. Verlander, no, um, perfect game I, for I six just, innings. Come on, man. I just, I just bet on the overs. I don't go for teams. Just right. overs, and that's it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> my request. All right, hey, man. My, my request is um, let's groove tonight by Earthwind and Fire. Ooh. You know, actually... <laughs> I, I don't know if that that didn't make the uh, song fest, but I think we September did. Yeah, September made it. But Fernando yeah. and Let's Groove, you got yeah. that right, man. That's that's my jam. That's Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> that's all me. I know you can appreciate the old school brother, so I appreciate that. There it is. Oh, always, all the time, all the time. And um, enjoy the show and go Aces, and I hope they win the title and and show all these other teams here in uh, Las Vegas that it can be done. Thank you, man. (laughs) And and it can be done. Why the Aces are getting it done? Because of ownership and coaching and getting superstars Uh and paying them, right, man? Right? You know? That's right. That's right. Getting them done. Hey, did you watch watch the Liberty um, Sky game last night? I did. I was going back and forth from uh, Verlander's uh, basically perfect game to to that game. And, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's funny because – go ahead. If the Dodgers and Astros make the World Series, I'm taking two cyanide pills. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't want to see them. I do not want to see those two teams. I don't. <laughs> oh, man. But that would be one hell of a series, though. you got to admit, though. I mean, it would be I one hell of a series. Think. But I know for people, <laughs> those haters out there, they would hate that. I know that. I know, especially people that don't like the Dodgers. I mean, Dodger fans, that's who, that's who they want. I think they want the Astros more than they want the Yankees. I like the, I like the coverage at Dodger Stadium, the food coverage. No Dodger dog, no, no nothing. No, no, I don't mess around with that. For, and you know, come on, man. Yeah, Stay away from Dodger Stadium. Just stay away. Boycott. That food was horrendous there. Oh. Man, so I'm glad you enjoy it, man. I, I do appreciate. It. I appreciate you listening. I pre- I know you're listening. I appreciate the tweets, even though you're taking some okay, cheap baby. shots. It's okay, brother. It's all good, <laughs> it's man. All good. It's, it's all good. good fun, and yeah. I appreciate you okay, good. Baby. And I appreciate you giving me those shout outs on those other shows down the dial too. You keep on with okay, it. Take- you keep on with that too. Okay, take care, buddy. Bye. There it is, Fernando. <laughs> checking in. Hitting the request, a little earth, wind, and fire. This is not the song fest, but I'm going to make it the song fest for about the next 38 seconds.
Yes, the song fest. Cannot beat the song fest. We do have to do it again. I just don't have enough time in my days, man, to be producing all this stuff because I'm doing the baseball show now in the morning. So it's, that's what's tough. We gonna do it? Are you asking me? Yeah, you know I'm down. You know you're down, even you though the, our schedules are crazy with this. It, it was insane, but it was a great insane. I guess we got to do it. You know, you know, but like you said, a lot of times with the sequels, they don't live up to be as good. It would be. It would be. It, it would be, be great. And we can't do any repeat songs, right? No. Yeah, so we got to do. I that. would almost say we have so many people. We can almost go a whole new new group of people. I know. I was thinking that too. All right. I'm I, okay. You heard it. You hit the breaking news if you want. I'm committing to it. I'm committing to it. The TC March of Songfest is back. We're doing it. Songfest is back. We should do it the two days that the or the the, the day the Aces win. The day the Aces win. The, the day after the Aces win. The championship. The championship. Ooh, that might be a good time. Because we, we both know that you're going to be no voice at all. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we've heard intros with you screaming. We've heard games with you screaming. That's a great day to do it. But I need a voice to do no. the song fest because I, I'm... I it, can basically help you. Yeah, but I, I got to intro the songs. Then I got to talk to the guests. I got to, you know, it's, it's there's a lot of talking that goes on during so let's that. Let's do it the week of. So I, Notice I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm projecting that into the future. Yeah. The yeah. Aces will be the world champions. Yeah. You think so? <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, here we go, man. All right. What would Brian Salmon think about all this? And we did, we did invite him. Last time, didn't we? B cell? Yeah, I think so. We did. All right. There we go. All right. Uh, the Song Fest. We'll bring it back. Yeah. Back by popular demand. And I know a lot of our guests will want to partake again, but you're right. We, got, we will incorporate new ones. I'm not going to say we're going to do all new people, but we'll do all new songs. So there'll be no repeat songs with that. And uh, Unless it's somebody else's favorite song. Right, like if if Stand by Me is right. on, right? We can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do that. Yeah, you know, if that's the case. But we will try to avoid that for two hours. So there it is. All right, nonstop. Brian Salmon, our guy. Why am I getting this echo right now? Let's go. Brian Salmon joins us. News three. Our famous sports director. What's happening, my man? Uh, I don't know why you got the echo, man. What's happening? <laughs> What's going on? I don't know. Is you, it, you, I, we got aliens I here. Sound like Tupac? Yeah, there you go. It's <laughs> Tupac. We're playing requests here again, B-Sal. We're playing requests. We've we've uh, we've made that distinction today. That by back by popular demand, we have to come back with the TC Martin Show Song Fest, which you participated in last year. You okay, rem- you, right. you remember that, right? I, I think it's yeah, what, you it's what started like, what this. Yeah, that's where it started. Exactly. That's where it started. Right? Exactly. All right, so <laughs> so we will we'll try to incorporate you again, B Sal, when we do this. So uh, you're gonna have to come with a, a little different song. I'm ready. Well, how about this? Oh. How about um, how about we go with? I'm trying to think who sings the who, sing, who does the song. How about jam on it? No, Nucleus, jam on it. Nucleus, which you, yes, which, you about... which you hear on the show rather often. There you go. I believe that's one of our rejoiners. So yeah, yeah, no doubt. Okay, but you got to save it, B Sal. Save it because well, okay. when uh, when when we put together the show, we'll notify everybody uh, when we're doing it, and uh, we'll we'll have you be part of it again. 
There you go. Okay, I'll, I'll definitely do it. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, man. Busy time here, as we know. Uh, have you been out to the facility? You've been you've been checking out the Raiders uh, joint practices. What do you think? Yeah, yeah I've, I've been there the last two days. Um, one thing I, I, I say that it is. Uh, I heard our weatherman Bill Bellis say that yesterday was the warmest day I think we have had in like 44 days or something like that. So of course the heat comes out to, to welcome the Patriots. It was hot yesterday. It was hot today. Uh, but probably the biggest takeaway that I can from the joint practices with the, the Patriots from the Raiders is Devontae Adams is a dang monster. Yeah. Like a dang monster, man. Like so I don't know if you ever heard of the, the pivot one with Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder, and Fred Taylor. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Well, they got they got Devontae Adams. Correct. And they interviewed him. Yeah. And during that interview, they asked Devontae. Devontae was talking about. He's like, man, I've won every one-on-one battle in camp. <laughs> every single one-on-one battle in camp, I won the time. And you know, you almost think that that's that he's you know he's just he's he's BSing, but he was murdering the DBs from the Patriots. Yes. Murdering the DBs. They're like two or three feet away from him. Every ball that he's catching. <laughs> it was it was fantastic watch. That's probably the biggest thing that I, I noticed, just how good he was and how he and Derek Carr are already in sync, having played no preseason games. And the whole offense, the fact that Hunter Renfro was doing his thing as well on that offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and speaking of uh, the joint practices against the Patriots and Devontae Adams, shout-out to our girl, Heidi Fang, uh, she hasn't been on with us this week. She was on with us last week, but I got to give her a shout out because she got the picture that appeared on the front page of the RJ today in the sports section of Devonte's hair going straight up, and she got that shot. So, photo credit to our girl Heidi really? Fang. You Heidi got, Fang is good people. You got to check out that Heidi shot Fang that she got. B, B Sal, that shot is amazing. She got. She does wonders with hey, the camera, girl, as you know. Yeah, was she? I was literally standing next to her yesterday when she said, "Okay, I'm going from uh, I'm going from video to print." There it is on her camera. So maybe that's right around the time she got that picture. But okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll Google it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, so we got that going. As we know, we've got Aces Game One, the semifinals. Again, you guys do a fantastic job of covering it. You've basically been out there uh, in every game. You're going live, uh, News Three in pregame, man. So what do you got in store? For us and the Aces coming up here next week. Uh, well, we won't be live just because the game's so early. Right. So we'll both be out there. It's Sunday, so we're going all out. We'll do uh, we'll do sports night, the whole half hour show for Michelob Ultra Arena, and you know we're impartial. But of course, we want the Aces to win. I mean, who cares about all that? I mean, as long as you you cover it impartially. Um, we're hoping that we'll be talking about uh, a one O series lead for the for the good gals. I, I can't wait, man. I, I can't wait to first experience the atmosphere of this game. Because everything since the, you know, the 10,000, I think 500 that they had there at the uh, the season finale against the Seattle Storm to the, the last, every game that they had basically against the Phoenix Mercury inside Michelob Ultra Arena, man. Like, I just, I love that atmosphere. I really, really enjoy going to these games. And I, I really, I really, uh, you know, you root for the players that you cover. You know what I mean? You don't do it in a, a cheery sort of a way, man, but you want the team that you're covering always to do well. It makes your job more fun. 
It does. And, you know, there's a lot to be said about venues. <laughs> and I know a lot of people in the beginning said, well, Michelob Ultra Arena, Mandalay Bay, when they started here in 2018. I said, no, it's, it's the perfect venue. And, you know, we've seen so many great world championship fights there. Um, you've oh, seen yeah. basketball games there before. And then when they spent you know the money to renovate this thing, it's turned out to be a beautiful venue and it's it's the right size as well, too. You know, you get ten thousand in there, head yeah. beast out, you get four or five thousand in there, and it it's raucous. And uh the facilities are great, uh not a bad sight line at all, and hopefully, yeah, I, I we're gonna have ten, eleven thousand there. Uh, you know, pack it. You know, during the course of the semifinals and the finals. All right, I think we lost B Sal there, but that's okay. That's okay. B Sal is 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 driving to work, so I appreciate him uh, checking in with us here. All right, we come back. Arash Markazi is going to join us as we'll talk uh, L.A. We'll talk Vegas. We'll talk Raiders, Rams, Chargers, a lot of NFL stuff, and a whole lot more coming your way here on this Wild Wednesday edition of the T.C. Martin Show when you never know what you're going to hear. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. The T.C. Martin Show is back. Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a half time. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes! In the face! The doctor is now in. 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 California. All right, busy week as we know here in Vegas. And, of course, the Raiders and the Patriots concluding their joint practices. And they'll meet for a third time on Friday night at Elysian Stadium. With that, close out the preseason. And I can tell you one thing that we have at Elysian Stadium that they don't have at SoFi Stadium. And our next guest can attest to that. That is a working scoreboard. That's for darn sure. Arash Mikazi joins us now. All things LA we talk about today, all things Vegas, because I believe you are here. Is that right, my friend? I am heading to Vegas at the moment, TC. I, I kind of split my time back and forth between my two favorite cities, Los Angeles and Las Vegas. I'm heading there uh, this weekend. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm actually talking to you from the uh, Sky Lounge at <laughs> the Delta Terminal. So heading out to Vegas shortly. And by the way, I'm sure you've made the fight flight several times. I mean, it is a 41-minute wheels-up, wheels-down flight, so super quick. Yes, I love that. I mean, I I can't even get into my playlist. I mean, I only get like about five or six songs into my old-school jams, uh, you know, with the headset there, you know, so you're right, though, but I do like the short flights. That's good, man. 
That's that's very good. All right, man. Yes, uh, he's fantastic. The Mightier 1090, the Morning Column, Substack, formerly from ESPN, the LA Times Sports Illustrated. Man, you are staying busy. It's great to connect with you. Uh, again, this is kind of long overdue, but I had to reach out to you when I saw your tweets and everything regarding the SoFi Stadium scoreboard because that was part of <laughs> my Terrible Tuesday segment yesterday. And I wanted to get your take because I, I was I was looking at your stuff. Uh, what were you thinking as you entered the you know five billion dollar stadium? You've been there so many times. I understand that, but here we are, first preseason game, and and we got just blackness. We got a blackout. What was that all about, man? It was weird, TC, because it was the first game that I had attended um, as a fan. I had gone there obviously several times before um, as a reporter. I went there. Uh, you know, just with some friends, and uh, and I think maybe that's why I covered it really intently because you really, for the first three quarters of the game, um, you know, there was no scoreboard working, so there was no score, there was no time, there was no down or distance, and it was really frustrating. I mean, you 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 have what I, I view as the best scoreboard, you know, like in the country when it's working, and it wasn't working. And so, you know, the frustration, again, you're talking about a game where you had a kickoff return for a touchdown, a punt return for a touchdown, and what generally happens when you have a big play, you look right up at the scoreboard, and to see nothing but blackness was so frustrating. And here's the thing about that, and you hit the nail on the head there about you know, the replays and that sort of thing, because a lot of fans, okay, in these big stadiums, and SoFi is one of the biggest, and you have that with Jerry Jones at Cowboy Stadium or whatever the heck they're calling AT&T Stadium, right? Yeah. Where that scoreboard is so big. And fans are, a lot of times, they can't really see the field that good, so they rely on seeing the replays or the, the in-game action on the scoreboard. And you take that away, that's, yeah. a, that's an element that a lot of fans you know, don't, don't have. I mean, if you're sitting in the lower bowl, of course, you know, you're going to concentrate more on that. But with everything is state-of-the-art and all these LED lights and everything, I find myself you know, looking at the scoreboard more and more myself. There's no doubt about it. I mean, again, when you're talking about a scoreboard of that size um, and you are in seats that are not close to the field, I mean, you really depend upon that 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 view of the scoreboard to kind of give you the replay to watch the game live. I mean, it's a fantastic viewing experience, um, you know. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, no, no matter where you're sitting, when you see a big play happen, your first move is to look up to the screen, watch the replay, and, and like even if you're watching a game intently, it's comforting just to look up and see. Okay, that's the down and. And the down and distance, that's the score. So, you know, to not have that for three quarters of a game, very frustrating. Totally. The video board there stretches 120 yards, weighs 2.2 million pounds, 70,000 square feet of digital LED lighting. And then, of course, you have, uh, you know, the 268 speakers there. And I guess the speakers are working, right? But, uh, yeah, exactly. no, no video. Not working. Just. Amaze, amazement. What are your thoughts? You've been to games at Allegiant Stadium. What are your thoughts about Allegiant Stadium compared to SoFi and, and even throw in Jerry's World as well there? Uh, so I've been to all three. They're all fantastic. I mean, the one thing that I will say about SoFi is, is it's a little bit not fair from a financial perspective. I mean, the reason that I believe SoFi is the most unique venue that, that I've ever been to is they, they spent $5 billion on it. So, like, listen, a, a Chargers preseason game 
aside, and by the way, the number one comment that I kept getting about that was that that would never happen at a Rams game. Of course, it's happened at a Chargers preseason right. game. But um, it's the indoor, like outdoor perspective of it. It's that Oculus scoreboard. It's, um, I mean, it is the most, uh, I mean, I've never been to a stadium like it. Allegiant's very good. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, but I'm not putting it in the same class as SoFi. The one thing that Allegiant provides that I really love, and when they were doing construction on Allegiant, that I was curious how this was going to work out, but they figured it out, is how do you can connect Allegiant Stadium to the, to, to the strip? Well, you close off the Hacienda Bridge, and all of a sudden that pregame tailgate uh, section at Mandalay Bay and the Luxor, where you could essentially tailgate. Like, listen, if you want, like on the street, but effectively at those casinos and the hotels and bars and things like that, walk across the bridge. That's something that SoFi does not have. It is in uh, Inglewood, and effectively there's nothing there. There's a there's the um, Hollywood Park Casino. There's the Forum, um, but there's nowhere where you can kind of like as a fan you know, pregame, much like you can um, in Las Vegas. So, uh, again, the, there's nothing like SoFi, but, I mean, I will preface that with the, with the point that they spent $5 billion on it. I personally love Allegiant because of I get to go to Luxor, I get to go to Mandalay Bay. It's a short uh, walk across the bridge to the game. I walk across the bridge back. It's a great day. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, with SoFi, you brought up the forum there. And I think that's interesting as well, too, because I have not been to the forum in decades. And what is that? Did they ever spend any money like refurbishing that? What does the forum look like these days? Because I know they still have events there. Yeah, the forum is actually fantastic. They refurbished it before they sold it to Steve Ballmer. And it is a fantastic concert venue. If you talk to any musician... It is their favorite concert venue because the acoustics. So they totally refurbished it in terms of the uh, concourses, the locker rooms, uh, you know, where the performers dress and things like that. So you could still technically have, um, like, a game there. It is effectively, though, 90-plus percent of the time for concerts. It's a great concert place now. Arash, best concert you saw at the Forum? Oh, man, George Michael, I'm going to just say that because it was right before he passed, and I was one of those where I was like, you know, it's always kind of cool to see a performer before he passes, and so I got to see George Michael. It was one of those where I wasn't doing anything, and my friend had the two extra tickets. You don't, so have, like, listen, you don't have to downplay it. and Like, oh, yeah, George Michael, no. no. <laughs> I love George Michael. All right, right? Now, yeah. now, was that with Wham or without Wham? There you go. It was that? without Wham, <laughs> but all those, great, all those great Wham songs were played. That's interesting. Good. Rosh Makazi joins us. Talk a little L.A., talk a little Las Vegas here today. So you mentioned the Chargers. You were at the game against the Cowboys. No one you know, really keeps score anyway, so I guess it wasn't that important. for this. That's what the scoreboard operators thought. Hey, you know, no one's keeping yeah, score. Right? Who cares anyway? But no, travesty there. And they did, you're right, they got it fixed at the end of their, with the middle of the third quarter, whatever it was. That's, that's, that's craziness. But give me your take on the Chargers this year, and more importantly, the, how are they fitting in there in the landscape of L.A.? Because they are better now. They do have a top-tier quarterback you know, with Justin uh, Herbert. Uh, and what, what are your thoughts about the Chargers and how they fit in there? I mean, they are on paper, if not the most talented team in the league, one of the top 
two or three or four talented teams in the league. And so on paper, they are a Super Bowl contender. I mean, they're in a really tough spot here in the, in the landscape, as you touched on, of Los Angeles sports. They're still viewed as as a San Diego team. Um, you know, I mean, they were in San Diego for 55 years. And so for them to come here, it was really important for them to win. They've been a good team, not a great team. They haven't gone to the Super Bowl. They haven't gone... Uh, and won a championship. So now they're in a really tough spot. I, mean, I really thought there was a competition at the beginning between the Rams and the Chargers, uh, you know, mainly because the Rams had left Los Angeles to go to uh, uh, St. Louis um, Anaheim, and then St. Louis. Because right. people forget about that part of it. You know, they right. left Los Angeles. We don't view uh, Orange County like Los Angeles. So they, they, they had really gone... Uh, away for quite some time. But the problem now is not only did the Rams win a Super Bowl in Los Angeles, they won it in SoFi. They won it in Los Angeles. And so, you know, they've gone there twice. Uh, they've, they've done, like, all they can in terms of bringing in big-name talent. And so um, the Chargers really have to win now. And even if they do, I, I don't know to what extent they move the needle. It's a little bit like the Clippers. I mean, I've kind of been, like, asked this, too, like, what would happen if the Clippers win a championship? I, I, I think it would be great for them. Do I think that they would have a parade that would fill the streets of Los Angeles? No, I, I really don't. No, you're right. The, the Clippers have always been second tier. And let's be honest, the Angels have been a second tier to the Dodgers yeah. too, right? And you get that with the Chargers now and the Rams. But you're right. It's so unique and so crazy because, again, both, you know, the Rams left. You know, like you said, they, they not only left once, but you know, kind of like the Raiders in a sense. They feel like you, they left twice. And I remember yeah. them playing in Anaheim, and you're right about that. There was, you know, that division, and people were upset. And, you know, I went to a couple games when they played in the Big A. It was not a real good experience. You know, wow. and I'm okay with the Big A, or was okay with the Big A for baseball. But now it seems a little bit more, you know, antiquated now. But, uh and there's another story too about Artie Moreno, and if you want to jump on That's that, right. uh, jump on that story as well too. I think it's and I talk about it on the baseball show that I do as well. That this is a weird year that you've got two baseball franchises that are up for sale. The Learners are, are, are selling the Nationals, and then you got Artie Moreno selling the Angels. So what's the what's the vibe there about that? You know, like Moreno totally lost a touch with the fan base. The fan base hates them. They, they want to move on from them. They are in a very precarious position right now. And why I think the sale comes at a good time because they have a big decision coming up with Shohei Otani, a transcendent generational talent that they can't afford to lose. And so right now they're kind of in a position where, you know, the, the new group, and it'll probably be a group, it probably won't just be one person. The group that comes in really has to take a page from the Dodgers, you know, 10 years ago when they came and bought that team from Frank McCourt. You, you just have to spend. You have to spend and put a contending team on the field. And if you do, fans will come back. But for them to have two of the top five players in the game and two of the best players in baseball history and not to even sniff the playoffs, I mean, they're, they're a below 500 team that is just absolutely no one's talking about them here. Uh, it, it's frustrating. So at least the fan base, there's a light at the end of the tunnel here where someone effectively, I mean, I'm assuming, will come in, buy the team, and that'll be their first priority. Keep Shohei Otani long-term. Put a championship-contending team back on that field. 
It just always goes back to the pitching with the Angels, doesn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, they could spend money on Albert Pujols. They could spend money on Otani. They, could, you know, and other guys that they've spent a lot of money on over the last decade or two that just ha- haven't produced. But the bottom line is the pitching just has not been there. And uh, I, I, I can't remember the last time the Angels had a de- decent pitching staff. I know. I mean, you really have to go back to 2009 when they won a playoff series and were a yeah. good contending team. And so, again, it's been a long, long time. But there is some hope. I mean, again, this story came out of the way. I mean, very rarely do you get a press release saying that the owner is looking to sell the team. He will sell the team. It will happen. Um, and, again, good news because uh, they needed that. They need a change. You got it. Arash Makazi uh, joins us. Talking a little bit about Southern California sports, and you know, we've talked about the Chargers. You mentioned the Rams there. You know how difficult is this for this team to come back again this year? And let's let's face it; they kind of surprised still a lot of teams last year. Not sure what Matt Stafford was really going to be like, but hey, it was a magical season for him, magical season for Sean McVay and everybody else there. But as we know, so tough to repeat. What's the vibe down there? Are they thinking, okay, Rams are, are kind of a, the favorite to get back to do this? Or do you think we have a little downside with the Rams this year? I mean, I think the, the hope and the expectation is they will re- repeat or be in position to repeat. To your point, it is so hard to repeat. I mean, you go back to even a year ago with San Francisco. I mean, they were what was for sure a pick away from not even going to the Super Bowl. So they know how hard it is to get there. Uh, they, they they brought back the the uh, team the uh, you know the the chant at the post uh, championship parade run it back most of those guys are back but again it's just hard to repeat that's why it very rarely happens but the, at the very least the pieces are in place for this team to once again contend. LeBron James signs a contract extension two years ninety seven million dollar deal. I want your take on this and. Also, is is that really in the best interest for the Lakers to shell out this kind of money for another two years of LeBron James? And it might seem like a stupid question because no, people think, "Oh," but I think it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious what you think. I think. Listen, I, I I actually am of the standpoint that it is a good contract. A lot of people want to compare it to the contract Kobe got. It's a little bit different in the respect that Kobe was coming off of what a lot of people thought was, uh, you know, I mean, he wasn't going to be able to play again, or if he did play again, he wasn't going to be himself. And when you tear your interior cruciate ligament at that point in your career, you're effectively kind of done, and no one knows what you're going to be when you come back. So for the Lakers at that point, given that that contract was crazy, LeBron is coming off of a season where he effectively led the league in scoring. Yes, the team was below 500, but really not his fault. I mean, it's just not a healthy team. So, the biggest thing with LeBron is him and Clutch Sports turned around the fortunes of this franchise. People can say what they want, but this team is in a position to contend, and I still think that, that they will. I, I don't know if they win a championship, but that they will be a playoff team if they're healthy because of LeBron James, because of Clutch. So, I mean, you're giving him this contract because he turned around the fortunes of a franchise that missed the playoffs and was one of the worst teams in the league for six straight years. So it's a different situation. He's still playing at a high level. You're still talking about right now, uh, like at least over the next two years, one of the top five players, you know, and again, 
that that, that could change this year. He could, could he, he he could totally hit the wall, but it has not happened yet. Yeah, keeping on the basketball side, you know, I've seen you at games here at uh, Mandalay Bay at the Michelob Ultra Arena, you know, with the Aces, uh, you're covering the Sparks down there, and we know it was just a a real. Terrible season for them with Derek Fisher out, and then you got our girl Liz Cambage over there. I'm curious, uh, Arash, did you did you spend much time talking to Liz at all in the past year? No, you know what? Not not really. I know it wasn't a good fit for her here, right. and it really bummed me out because I was such a big fan of hers, and I know it was her dream to play with the Sparks. And when she went to Las Vegas, her original goal was to be here in Los Angeles, and it didn't work out. Uh, you know, I mean this franchise here in Los Angeles is going through a lot right now. And I think think the model franchise in the league right now is what you guys have there in Las Vegas. And I I think that they have to figure things out with the Sparks. They gotta hire a a head coach and they have to put a culture in place that that, that really says, hey, listen, we're here to contend. I mean the fact of the matter is when <laughs> Eric Fisher took over and uh, you know, was given the GM reins uh, it just put the team in a really bad spot. I mean, when you had Tennis Parker leave and Chelsea Gray leave, and you've seen what she's done with your team in, in Vegas, it, it just breaks my heart because this was such a fun team to watch. So, uh, the, the And with Liz, I, I just think she doesn't want to play anymore. And you hate to say that because she was when she wanted to play, one of the best players in the league. It just her heart was not in it. As soon as she got here, it just was not a good fit. No, you're right, and I've always said that about. I, I love her. She was a great uh, interview. We'd have a lot of fun, but the, you, you got to question her her dedication to basketball at this point in time. And uh, you know, it, it went really wrong for her. You know, the Olympics. You know, with uh, Team Australia when they were working out here, that was that was a sad turn for her. But you just see that uh, it questions. You know, a lot of times you question her love of the game. Does she still have it? And I just don't think she does. I mean, she's got these other ventures that she's more interested in right now. And uh, I just kind of got a feeling that we've seen the last of Liz Cambage play professional basketball, at least in the WNBA. Yeah, and it's really sad because you just saw, I think it was maybe a couple of years ago. It wasn't that long ago. She's going 50 points in a game. So the talent's there. But when the drive isn't there, you see, you don't want to play anymore. You can see it. Your teammates can see it. And I don't know if it was a half or pole or if it was fitting, but her last game was in Vegas where the team really knew at that point she didn't want to play. She didn't want to be there. And so, uh, you know, it's sad. Hopefully if she wants to play again, she can find a spot, but it'll be tough, right? Because now the way things ended in Vegas, the way things ended here, not a good look for her. Let's close out with this. The Raiders, again, divisional opponent for those Chargers. What What is your take on the Raiders' season this year? Josh McDaniels, we talk about Devontae Adams, Chan, uh, you know, you've got Chandler Joe. you've got a lot of new pieces, a lot of new toys here for Derek Carr and company here. I'm curious what you think about the Raiders' chances, and I want to know what the Chargers think about the Raiders. Well, listen, I mean, what a, I mean, it was effectively a playoff game to finish the season there in Las Vegas, one of the most exciting games of the season. Didn't go the Chargers' way. Um, I like the Raiders a lot this year. I got them winning 10, 11, perhaps even 12 games. I mean, they are a very good team. But as you know, that division is extremely stacked with the, with the Chargers, with the Chiefs, with the Raiders, and even the Broncos. No one's talking about the Broncos, but I mean, they're right there in the thick 
thick of things as well. Um, I do like the Chargers to win the division. Uh, I'm not just saying that because I'm here in Los Angeles, but I just think on paper and with Herbert, the way that he's been playing and the and the development that he's going to make, um, I do like them. I like the Raiders to make the playoffs. I mean, amazing to have like three teams that I really like a lot. But again, I like the Chiefs. I like the Raiders. I like the Chargers. The Broncos will be the odd team out there. Uh, but I do think the Las Vegas Raiders do make it into the postseason. All right. Arash, go ahead and tell our listeners uh, how they can uh, follow you, whether it's radio, whether it's print. Tell us, man. I'm on the Mightier 1090 here in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, um, and have some exciting information, news to share with UTC. I'll probably text you a little later, but, uh, you know, doing a lot of stuff in Los Angeles and Las Vegas, so hopefully we connect a lot more in the very near future. That's awesome, man. Can hardly wait. Good stuff. All right, my man. Uh, safe flight there, and uh, make, <laughs> make sure you leave your little uh, bottles behind there of the uh, Sky Club, okay? <laughs> I will, TC. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. There he is, Arash Mikazi, the Mightier 1090 Morning Column Substack, formerly with ESPN, the LA Times Sports Illustrated. A great reporter. Uh, does a fantastic job. Love having him on the show. And yeah, we'll be hearing more and more from him during the course of the football season. Great to reconnect uh, with him. All right. want to thank also Teresa Plaisant, Sydney Colson, Las Vegas Aces for joining us a little bit earlier on the show. Oh yeah. All of that will be up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. And, of course, you. Back at it again tomorrow. Not you, Numchuck. You, the listener. We thank you. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. I was, uh, I was, all, I was getting all excited. You're playing my jam. All right. Back at it again tomorrow. Tomorrow, Trevor Match. As we get ready for the college football season kicking off. We got college football this weekend. It's here. No more waiting. Every Saturday from now until January, we've got college football. Scott Sprites is going to join us as well, too, along with Trevor. We look forward to that. Have yourself a good one. We reconvene here tomorrow at 2 o'clock. TCMartinShow.com. Have yourself a good one. Enjoy. Pop up the jam.